Hello, and welcome to Happy Stitching from Magic Hour Cross Stitch Supplies. I'm Donna Murphy. And I'm Serena Murphy. And we're a mother-daughter team selling cross-stitch supplies out of Niagara Falls, Ontario. We are going to be doing these uh, podcasts regularly. We're going to start with once a week and see how it goes, hopefully even more often. And the purpose of the podcasts is going to be to address questions and issues about cross-stitch. That's our art, our business, our love, and we just love everything about it. But we also know that there are many things that are uh, confusing to some people, or for beginner stitchers, they don't know how to get started in certain areas, or there's all kinds of questions that can can come up. So we want to address those questions, and so we uh, would love to ha hear from you with any questions that you have. We do have some questions ready to get started with, and we're going to address those uh, very shortly. So, but first, we want to give a little bit of background on each of us. Um, I'm I've been cross stitching for more than forty years. So you can do the math. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Uh, but I have always loved it. My first project was actually not cross-stitch. It was cruel, which is kind of an embroidery with wool. And I was like 14. But I really, really enjoyed it. And I started expanding into other kinds of needle arts. And I'd stitch them up for, you know, gifts. And I framed some of them. And none of those still exist. But I really enjoyed it. And then I started doing little cards, so, you know, just getting the little kits from the department store, and I enjoyed doing those. And I started to get bigger, bigger patterns, and, you know, it uh, just expanded from there. So I have been at it for a long time. That doesn't mean I don't still have stuff to learn, because I learn new stuff uh, regularly. And it, there's always something new to learn in this art. And that's one of the great things about it. So uh, I'm going to let Serena take uh, the controls here, and she's going to tell us about her beginning in cross-stitch. Well, I actually started in plastic canvas back when Lewis Craft was a thing. I don't know if it is in the States. It's not here anymore. But I found this circle when I was about six, and I said, it's 55 cents. Can I have this circle? And Mom said yes, and then she bought me some wool, or we may have had wool. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. And so I thought it was a knitting thing, so I completely unspooled an entire thing of yarn <laughs> and went, I'm ready to start. And Mom goes, you need a needle. <laughs> and that was my beginning of cross-stitching. That was, I can't do math. <laughs> she was really young, though. Uh, still in grade school, like grade four or something like that, maybe even <laughs> younger. So she's been at it for a very long portion of her life, too. But it's something that we have in common, something that we love, uh, we both love. So that's how Magic Hour got started, actually, was because we both really loved the cross-stitch and all the beautiful uh, supplies that go with it, the fabrics and the floss and all the beautiful colors. That's what we really love. So it's a, a great love for both of us, and we thought it was a match made in heaven. That's how we started Magic Hour Cross-Stitch Supplies. And it's uh, really grown well, but what we want to focus on is not that. What we want to focus on is the uh, questions that arise. And we're also going to deliver some industry news when there's something uh, important happening in, in the cross-stitch world. And uh, any other comments or suggestions, we'd be glad to hear from you. 
So we're going to start with uh, something that came up just while we were setting up for the podcast. Our friend Toma is here, and she was she's balling up some wool that we brought in for her. And in one of the old balls of wool that we gave her, there she found a big needle. It's about it's over two inches long, and it's sharp. And uh, I said, well, this is kind of like the needle that I use to take stitches out. So there are lots of ways to take stitches out of a, out when you make a bit of a boo-boo. It depends on how many stitches you have to go back. If it's only a couple, you can just unthread your needle and pull the stitches out, which is by far the easiest way. So to, what I do is, I don't know why I do this, but if I use my regular stitching needle to do that, I grab it so tight, I bend it. <laughs> Why do that? So I found a big crafting needle in, in a dollar shop, and I use that. And this needle that we found is very much like that, except my crafting needle is has a dull point, like a cross-stitch needle does. This one is sharp. So it made me reflect that both have a purpose. The dull one is good if you're taking out more than one strand, because then it's easy to catch just the threads you want and not the ones underneath that are don't actually belong to that stitch so the dull point is uh very helpful the bigger size means i can't bend it all out of shape and it's also easier to maneuver you know very delicately and it's uh easy to find when you're trying to find uh trying to get some stitches out the pointy one i think would be really handy to have as well so the uh, point would be good if I was doing something uh, a little finer with maybe a single strand of floss and then the point would be able to pick up just that one strand instead of having to grab a whole bunch but it, it would, would probably be handy for, on a finer fabric. So I thought that would be uh, a good tip to offer for our first podcast. So Serena, how do you take stitches out? Um, well, I also use a fairly large needle. I actually got it from Dollarama, I think. Um, in one of those packs of needles, like a darning needle, kind of, which is what I think this is. Um, I think darning needles are curved. Are they? Yeah. Are those what those curvy things are for? It is. I know darning is really a lost art because everybody just buys new socks now. But I well, believe you can't that darn. Well, you have to have like non-stretchy socks to darn them. Yeah, you can't yeah. darn stretchy socks, and all socks have spandex in them now. Well, I I don't know much about that, but I'm pretty sure the curved ones are for darning. But oh. I could be wrong about that. That's always what I I understood, but I might be wrong. Maybe somebody out there knows the answer to that one. I don't. Okay. So how do you take stitches out? How do I take stitches out? Um. I either back sew, like put it back in the same hole that I came in through, not back stitching, um, or I'd use the needle to take it out, that big needle. Mm. Yeah, I think if you only have a few, that's a good way to do it. If you have a lot to take out, it's still a good way, but you might have to just cut the thread and uh, tack that end down and start again with a fresh piece when you get all your wrong stitches out. So people call that frogging, I guess, because they say ribbit, ribbit, rip it out. I 
that's kind of cute. So everybody has to frog sooner or later. So if you have a good plan for it, it might save you some trouble later Although on. I would like to hear how you frog as well. I I frog with the with the big needle if it's only a few stitches. Not you, Mom. The people oh. listening. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you just right. said how you frog. I did. I wondered why you asked. <laughs> okay, so everybody knows how I frog. All right, so let's move on to uh, a question that has come up in our conversations with other stitchers, and it's also about needles. And it, the question is from, uh, oops, I lost the page, right? Mary from Boise, uh, Idaho, asks, what is, uh, why is a dull-ended needle better than a sharp-tipped needle for cross-stitching? So this isn't about taking stitches out, this is about putting stitches in. And that's a really good question. And a lo uh, something that beginners especially uh, are get a little confused about. And the, some people just start with a regular kind of needle and uh, it works for them. And that's good for them. But I find it a, a lot more difficult to use a, a sharp needle because it's more it's harder to get right in the hole so when you're stitching it's not uh, going into the threads we you have to be careful not to go into the threads or your stitches won't be regularly shaped they will be uh, some will be bigger than others and although it's a very tiny amount if a lot of them are not regular it will have an effect on the overall appearance of your finished product so when you're stitching, the ideal is to have uh, all your stitches the same size. And to be able to do that, you have to put the needle into the hole. Even if there are other stitches that have thread in there already, you have to avoid all the other threads and get it in the hole, not through the threads. That's called splitting the thread. So what you have to do is try to get around that. A sharp needle is going to be easy to pass through the thread, so it's easy to split the thread. If you have a dull needle, it'll kind of, to a point, it'll go around the threads and it will help you find the hole rather than the threads. So that's why cross stitch and tapestry and other needle arts are often done with a dull pointed needle instead of a sharp needle. So uh, do you have any... Uh, have you ever had any experience stitching with different kinds of needles? Well, when I first started cross-stitching cross... Well, not when I first started, but when I did cross-stitching cross-stitching on my own, I got needles from Dollarama. And those tend to be very, very sharp because they're not really for cross-stitching. They're more for, like, embroidery and hand-sewing and as much as you can do with a dollar store needle that sometimes the head is filled in. Hmm. Yeah, that yeah. happens. And... <laughs> Um, I you get what, what you pay for, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. So I started using those, but I was using the plastic canvas stuff, the mm -hmm. the plastic Ada. Yeah. Not the vinyl Ada, the plastic Ada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, making very small things, so it didn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, that would make a difference. Uh, the bigger the project, uh, the more important it is to have regular stitches. Yeah. Because if your stitches are all wonky, then, you know, it really shows up in the details. It, mm -hmm. And it can take away from the beauty of the finished product. Mm -hmm. So uh, what kind of needle do you like to use now? Tapestry needle, actually, because it's easier to thread because the hole is a little, the mm -hmm. eye is a little bit wider. And it 
you can use more thread mm-hmm because it's probably about half an inch shorter at yes, least they are shorter uh, I use a, a tapestry or or cross stitch needle too but I like the petites There's yeah a that's what I mean the petites yeah the one you gave me for that linen project yes that's a petite it's quite a bit shorter even than a regular cross stitch needle so um, as you may know the higher the number on the needle, the size of the needle, the finer needle it is. So number 28 is a very fine needle. Number 24 would be something you'd use for 11 count or, or even 14 count. Uh, so I like a, a kind of a middle of the road 26, but I like the short petites because then it, uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, it seems to take less time to make stitches so the stitching goes a little faster. It might be just my perception, it might not even be true, but I enjoy the Probably, because that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no, probably not, but I don't have to make sense all the time. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, do you have any other insights about needles? About needles? Not really. Okay, well, let's move on to the next question then. We have a question from Tanya in Moose Jaw, and she wants to know, uh, she's obviously a cross-country stitcher as opposed to uh, someone who does a parking method of stitching. So let's just define what those things mean. So uh, parking is a method where you're doing a big project, okay? So uh, you'll thread up a bunch of colors in, the, in say, a 10 by 10 square, which is uh, how cross-stitch patterns are laid out, so that's a convenient size. And whatever colors are in that 10 by 10 square, they'll use all of those. And then they'll do all the stitches in that square with whatever color uh, is next. And then instead of tying off and starting again for the next square, they'll bring the needle up on the, after they've done all the colors in that square, they'll bring the needle up on the next spot that it will go in the next square and they leave it hanging or they attach it to their project with a needle minder or there's other methods um, and then they'll go on to the next color and do the same thing so they they have a number of threaded needles hanging from their project and those are the colors that they're working and they work their way across square by square a cross-country square uh, stitcher uh, does it completely differently I'm a cross-country stitcher I like to start in the middle and I pick the stitch that's in the middle in the very center of the pattern that's the stitch I start with so I start with that color and I use a highlighter on the pattern to show where all of the color that color in the pattern is so I highlight all the colors that they are that symbol whatever it is so I can stitch all of those colors at once and as long as it's not too far um, like more than an inch or sometimes an inch and a half, I don't even have to tie off. I just go to the next stitch. And I know where those are because I have gridded. We're going to talk about gridding in another show. So I, I'm actually going, uh, moving around my fabric and stitching like sometimes just a few stitches at a time, even one stitch. But I don't have to keep tying off and restarting because I'm just going a little ways. Usually the the colors are fairly close together. If it's too far, I do tie off and move over because I like to have a tidy back of my project. When I'm finished one color, I just do the same for the next color. So I'm doing one color at a time, 
but the whole pattern at once. If it's a really big pattern, I might do it in quarters or halves or whatever, but that's a general idea. So this, this question pertains to uh, this. This uh, inquirer was um, Tanya, Tanya from Moose Jaw, right? And she wants to know, after one has finished the first patch, how does one decide the next patch to do and what color to start? So I start with the center uh, stitch and then work my way out. In general terms, that's how I, how I process. And then my next color that I pick would probably be one's colors that are next to those stitches. Usually a pattern will have uh, graduated colors, so it'll be a, a medium brown, then a light brown, and then a very light brown, and like that. So the next color will be close to the first color that you did, both in color and in proximity. So it just makes it easier to do. You don't have to do it that way. There's no real reason to do it that way. That's just the way I like to do it. You could really pick any color. If you're a good cro cross-country stitcher and you can count accurately, you could really go from any color to any color. There's no reason not to. Except I find I, it's easier if I leave the fine details to the end. Because if I put them in too soon, then when I put in stitches around them, they kind of get swallowed up. So I like to do those at the end. How about you, Serena? How do you like to stitch? What's your process? Well, I like to finish pretty much all of one color. Well, first I do like, I tend to do more cartoonier pictures rather than realistic pictures. So I'll do like, I'll be outlined first and then I'm like, I'll fill it in. Mm-hmm. So an area by area? Yeah. Rather than color by color? Yeah. Because oh, I'm not good at counting. Oh, so you want to keep your stitches close together. Yeah. So you don't have to count too far. Exactly. Well, that's a good idea. That's a good way to handle that if stitching, if counting is a challenge for you. That's a very good way. All right. That's That was a good question, Tanya. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to another question. This one is from Jack in Nanaimo. And he wants to know, What's the difference between Ada and Lugana? And that's a very good question, too. And uh, a lot of people, uh, there's also a third player in this field, and that's linen. So those three are the main kinds of fabrics that you will find in most cross-stitch uh, fields. So there are big fans of all three of them. Some people will always go with one or the other, and some people like to jump around, and depending on the project, they'll pick different fabrics. So um, I, I like to pick different fabrics for different projects. So a lot of it depends on uh, what the project is and how big I want the finished product to be. Uh, if, I, if I want it to be a little bit bigger, I'll stitch on an Ada and go like 14 count. And if I want it to be smaller and finer, I'll go with uh, a higher count Lugana. Uh, the difference between Ada and Lugana is more than just what it's made of. That, that's one factor. Ada is 100% cotton. Linen, of course, is 100% flax. It's, linen is made out of flax. Lugana is also uh, considered to be a natural uh, fiber but it's usually about 50-50 cotton and viscose. I thought it was rayon. No, it's viscose. It's a natural fiber, but it's man-made. 
So here's how they do that. They take cotton. Uh, they can do it out of other other stuff, other uh, plant products, but usually it's cotton. And they put it through some kind of chemical process that breaks down the the uh, the molecules or the cells of the of the plant matter and turns it into like liquid. And then they add some more stuff and they do another chemical process that turns it into fibers. Uh, it, like, it's a long, long process. There's a lot to it. I'm really oversimplifying it. And I'm sure we'll have people saying, no, that's not it at all. But that's basically the how they do it. They take the cotton and they do some stuff to it. And they, then it becomes something that's more man-made. And then they combine that with cotton to make the threads that go into Lugana. And all of that really makes no difference to the stitching. The difference is for the in the usage is more along the lines of uh, how the threads are, are woven together. So in the Ada, if you look really close at Ada, you'll see that each of the strands that make up the weave are actually made up of multiple strands. So it's not just one thread that makes each of the strands, it's a bunch of other ones. That's why Ada is really easy to do partial stitches on because it's easy to pierce right through the strand and make a half a stitch or a quarter stitch. Lugana is really difficult to do that with because each of the strands is one strand. It's a big, thick, round one. Ada's strands are flat. Lugana's are round. So if you're ever looking at a piece of fabric and you don't know if it's Ada or Lugana, you can always tell by looking really closely, are the threads singular or multiples? If it's multiple, it's Ada. If it's single, it's Lugana. If they're round, it's Lugana. And if they're kind of flat, it's Ada. And linen is different from both of them uh, quite a bit. So linen, the threads are, can be different sizes. They're not all the same size. So they can be thick or thin. And uh, sometimes there are even little chunky bits that, that called slubs. And the, the fans of linen, that's what they love about it. People that don't like linen, that's what they don't like about it. So I guess it's kind of a cat-dog thing. You know, the reason people like cats is the reason why dog people don't like cats. So it's one of those things. But whatever you like to stitch on, stitch on it. It doesn't really matter. It would, whatever the pattern calls for, you're not locked into that. You can uh, go with whatever fabric you enjoy stitching on. It's your, your project. You do what you want. What's your favorite fabric, Serena? Um, I actually really enjoyed stitching that really small project, mm -hmm. the Fantasy Costco one. Right, yeah. And, and what else was that on? One over one on 32 count black linen. Wow. Wow, must be nice to have young eyes. <laughs> I really gotta say, I don't think I could, I could see 32 count. I did a project on uh, one over one on 28 count once, but it was Monaco, so that's easy to see. It's more like Lugana. And uh, white, so white is much easier to stitch. Uh, most people find it easier to stitch than black. So I really give you credit for that. That was, and it turned out great. I love that project. You did a good I job on that. I don't know what that. I'm going to do with it, but I really like it. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay not to know what to do with it. Sometimes it's just the pleasure of the stitching. So what are you stitching on now? Well, I'm working on two projects. One again on black. I believe it's 18 or 16 count. I think it's 18. On 
Yeah, that one. It's one I found on Etsy. Well, I found it on Pinterest first, then I went to Etsy and bought it, which is the right thing to do. Yes, it is. Um, but it's a list of all the spells from Harry Potter for a friend of mine. And then I'm doing another one on a hand-dyed uh, 14 count. That's uh, It's got a big D20 that's a dice with 20 sides in the middle. Yes, they make those. And it says Carpe Diem on the side. And there's two dragons. Like, not Carpe Diem. Carpe Diem. Like the letters. And then there's two dragons on the side. And what's that to do with? Uh, D&D. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Serena and I uh, love to play Dungeons and Dragons with Serena's sister who comes to visit from time to time. She lives in another city. Uh, She lives up in Toronto, actually. But she comes down to visit quite often, and she's our dungeon master. So that's why uh, Serena picked out this pattern for her sister, and it's going to be a gift, is it? Yeah. I'm not going to make her pay for it. (laughs) Of course not. And the gift is for? Oh, it's going to be a rolling mat. So you get this mat, and then you can roll your dice onto it, and it doesn't make a loud noise, and it kind of keeps them all together, and it's going to have a pocket for the dice and the uh, DGM, I believe it's called. Oh, cool. That's going to be a really good gift for our dungeon master. Excellent. Okay, well, I think that's uh, uh, where we want to finish up for today. Uh, If you do have any questions, we would really love to hear from you. And uh, we will uh, be addressing more questions in our next show. We still have a little pile here. And uh, we're looking forward to talking again at um, Happy happy Stitching with Magic Hour Cross Stitch Supplies. Happy stitching!